When I was a kid, love and relationships seemed pretty straightforward. You met a cute boy, you dated for an appropriate amount of time, he asked you to marry him in a romantic and spontaneous way, you had 2.5 kids, and lived happily ever after. Okay then. I suppose it was easier in those days to put things in a bit of a box. People were comfortable with situations that resembled their own. But with all the different types of people in the world, how exactly could we be expected to love in all the same way? That seems crazy. Love is definitely not one size fits all. I'm Jenny B, and this is it actually. This is it actually. Take a sip and grab a seat, cause this is it. Today's final Love Actually episode is all about different types of love and relationships. I'm calling it All Kinds of Love. Okay, maybe not the most creative title, but I like to keep things simple. When we think about love, we are automatically programmed to think about romantic relationships, but there are so many different types of love that are so important to all of us. Family love, parent-child love, friendship love, platonic love, long-distance never-met-in-real-life love. There's person-behind-the-counter-of-a-convenience-store love and senior citizen love. Those last two are very specifically about me, but I know I'm not alone in my feelings. And when it comes to romantic love, I'm still learning about all the different types of relationships that people can be in. I think the list is pretty endless. On top of that, love and relationships can be fluid, so just because you choose a specific type of relationship at one point in your life doesn't mean that's the kind of love relationship you'll always choose. There's monogamy, polyamory, open, long distance, friends with benefits, casual sex, and asexual. Of course, these can be broken down even further into subcategories such as new love, the one love, crawling out of the ashes love, codependent love, and tragic love, also known as the one that got away. According to the ancient Greeks, love can be defined in seven different ways. That is, they have seven different words that they match to different types of love. This was all new to me when I started researching more about love, and I'm super into it. So first off, there's Eros. If you don't know, Eros was a Greek god and his main jam was love and sex and desire. He came by it honestly because he was the son of Aphrodite. He was really into slinging his arrow of lust, but the Greeks were kind of scared of Eros's brand because it was pretty scandalous and caused a lot of trouble. Yeah, no shit. Eros is all about sexual attraction and it's where the word erotica comes from. Next up is Philia. Philia is platonic love. It's the type of love you have with a friend or family member. It is far more revered than Eros because it exists when you share the same morals and values and you feel a deep understanding and a sense of loyalty with another person. It may not be sexy, but it's the real deal. Ludus is playful love. It's flirty and fun and comes with zero commitment. It's really just about two people who want to have a good time without worrying about the details. This can be someone who dates more than one person at a time or those who keep friends with benefits. It's pretty loose and basically just a hookup and it doesn't always end well because usually one side is a little more invested than the other. Philosia is self-love. The ancient Greeks divided this type of love into two parts. You can probably guess what they are. One is selfish and only strives for selfish things, money, fame, and self-serving pleasures. It doesn't consider others and if I had to guess, I would bet that Narcissus was probably a big fan. The other side of Philosia is the one where we love and take care of ourselves so we can love and take care of others. It's the nice kind. It's self-compassion and unconditional love for yourself. When someone can continue to be their own person and do their own thing in a relationship but help their partner grow, oh man, that's the dream. It's a joining of forces but not a complete entwining. Pragma is long-term love. It is literally translated as standing in love as opposed to falling in love because it stands the test of time. 
It's about compromise and patience and understanding. No matter what the trauma or road bump happens to be, this relationship lasts because it's a stable bond. It's pragmatic. Oh, that's probably where the word came from. See? Still learning. There's storge, which is family love, and the love that parents have for their children. Storge comes naturally, and it's effortless because it's ingrained in your being as soon as you have kids. It's the first love we know. And I know this isn't always the case in families, but storge is supposed to be forgiving and accepting and patient, and it's a love that won't disappear even if you do something really stupid. It's safe, it looks after you, and it feels like a super cozy blanket. And finally, there's agape, which is soul love. This is the love that I want so badly to be capable of. Buddhists call agape universal kindness. It's given out freely through selflessness, charity, compassion, and sincerity. It's unconditional and it asks for nothing in return. Our world becomes better through agape love. It's how we connect to one another, how we empathize and find love for strangers. This is the big love and my goodness, we could use a lot more of it right now. I was lucky to be raised in a loving home with loving parents and I've been fortunate to meet friends who I consider soulmates. I've been in love in all different ways several times in my life. I have definitely not experienced every single kind of love and relationship that there is, but I've known some pretty good love stuff. Love is one of my favorite words. I have it tattooed on me in three different places. I draw hearts around everything and I have a full wall of love notes in my house. A couple of years ago, I was asked by a friend to describe love. I was overwhelmed by the idea. I figured it was either going to be a mess of words or really short and nowhere near descriptive enough. I also felt like I wasn't qualified. I was a single divorcee who had sort of given up on the idea of romance. I think for years I matched real and meaningful love with having a partner. I felt like I couldn't fully believe in it or preach too much about it if I didn't have someone to show for it. I know, total garbage, right? Over the course of the next few days, I received a surprise parcel from a friend who lives away. I had a stranger do me a favor out of the goodness of their heart. And I had a really nice chat with our new post person who's now been in our life for almost three years. And then it came to me. Love can show up in so many different ways. All kinds of love. So this is what I wrote. Special package on my porch, mountain moving stranger. Wave for a lane change. Hello, how are you? You matter. Words on the wall, smudgy fingerprints on a mirror, hearts drawn in a dusty table, crinkled jammies, morning breath, messy hair. A house that smells good, letters delivered door to door, collecting dimes, friending bees, a squiggly drawing of you plus me. That big true friend laugh that steals your breath, arms wrapping you from behind. Love notes tucked into every corner, our bedtime ditty sung an umpteenth time. Words slipped into lunches, kisses on lips, take out dinner, warm maple syrup, whiskey sips. Hands held, smiles at neighbors, summer night porch sits. Sometimes we just have to look in a different direction to see love from another perspective. Love actually is all around. I was 13 years old when I first saw my husband. I declared it to my then neighbor Pam as said future husband was walking by with his dog. I said, I'm going to marry that boy. Do you know his name? <laughs> Fast forward 31 years and we are married with two children. Chris and I started dating at 16 after I relentlessly pursued him. We went away to university together, travel and worked in different cities together, and we finally married in 2004. And when I tell people we're high school sweethearts, I get a lot of, oh, that's so amazing, and oh, you two must be so in love. I love my husband, but finding your partner and co-pilot for life at the age of 13 requires a tremendous amount of work and commitment. This relationship is honestly the hardest thing I have ever done. 
2001 was a defining year for us. We broke up at the beginning of that year and Chris promptly packed his things and moved to London, England. It seemed to make sense to both of us that one of us would just have to move to a different continent. We stayed in touch weekly and when 9-11 happened, we honestly never felt more apart. So I hopped on a plane to spend 10 days with Chris. When I came home, I was thinking that that was it. We were really truly over romantically and it made me very sad but two days later <laughs> Chris called me he quit his contract and he stated that he was coming home and we were to get married he is my person and I am his as it should be my husband is white and I'm black I can't think of a moment when we felt weird or unsafe or judged with regards to our relationship we met in our late 20s at a bowling alley in Oshawa, Ontario. It was my girlfriend's birthday and she wanted to go bowling. And I'm not a bowler by any stretch, but it was what my girlfriend loved to do. In walks a group of guys who played men's softball with my girlfriend's husband. I spot a cute guy wearing a backwards baseball cap. And in that moment, I think, oh, maybe that one. We ended up talking quite a bit throughout the night. And then it transferred into unending phone talks and long walks in suburban trails around Toronto. At the end of our third date, we came back to find his car broken into and all our stuff stolen. I guess the stress of that alone could have ended us right then and there, but it didn't. I had to wake up my mom to let me in the front door as my keys were stolen and thus half asleep jam rocking mom in her bathrobe and head tie. Of course, my mom loved him immediately and was all ready to fix him a plate at one in the morning. And then it was about three weeks dating and he invites me up to the family cottage where his parents and brother's family will also be in attendance for the May long weekend. I think I freaked out for a moment because I had this momentary trippiness of, what? Meet the family? Are we really there yet? Do they know I'm black? And it was the loveliest Victoria Day weekend ever. I think we both knew that we were going to be together from that point on. And four years later, we got married. Four years after that, we had our beautiful daughter. And fast forward seven more years, and I'm so blessed and grateful to have this man in my life. He's kind, thoughtful, patient, and loving. Always does his damnness to make me laugh. And while I know that many interracial couples past and present have had their own complicated relationship stories, I'm thrilled to say that we did not. This may be the most boring origin story ever, but it was very simple for us. We just fell in love and we planned to stay that way. We met at a Christmas party. I was doing dishes and she thought that was hot. <laughs> and, uh, and then we spent the evening just lost in each other and talking and and I found out she lived in Seattle, Washington. And I mean, I feel like at a different time in my life that would have been detrimental, but we were like, okay, let's make it work because we just made each other so happy. Two weeks later, she flew to Toronto. We spent the evening together. And two weeks later, I flew to New York and met her and we spent four days together. It's just the most amazing thing. The feeling um, and the anticipation of knowing we're gonna talk or video chat. Just recently, I. Um, Traveled to Fernie, BC, and, you know, having been laid off, it gave us enough time for her to safely quarantine and spend time together. So she drove nine hours from Seattle, and I drove three days. <laughs> I don't regret a second or a kilometer. Starting to date again as a single mom was interesting. I was now in my 40s. What I was looking for had changed, not to mention the dating world had completely changed too. 
One day a girlfriend introduced me to a dating app and I couldn't believe that people were now connecting through apps. This was so different from when I was in my 20s. It seemed exciting at first, so many single men a mere swipe away, and I naively went into it thinking that finding my Mr. Right was going to be easy. Boy, was I wrong. I soon realized that being on a dating app felt more like swimming in a shark tank. At times, I wondered how I was ever going to meet a nice man on an app that appeared to be a sea of serial daters and dick pic takers. Oh, at times, dating was so frustrating and so disappointing, but the eternal optimist in me had faith in the process. When I finally reached a point of dating app fatigue and was ready to give up altogether, I came across a familiar face. So I casually reached out to say, hi, remember me? He responded back right away, and I realized that he was just as excited to see me on there as I was him. We met up almost immediately, and our first date was so simple. We went to a pub in Toronto where we chatted endlessly for hours. I remember feeling butterflies in my stomach, like those teenage first crush butterflies, and he was just so sweet and kind and normal. We were both in a similar place in our lives, and he was also a single parent. He was so respectful and patient when I wanted to take my time. There is a moment that stands out to me. It was the day that I knew I was dating someone special. We had an event to go to and I was running behind and he came to me and said, what can I do to help? I jokingly replied, can you blow dry my hair while I do my makeup? And to my surprise, he answered, sure. Within minutes, my hair was up in clips and he was blow drying it in sections and it actually turned out really well. Now, my son had no idea that mom was dating and I wanted it to stay that way. As a mother, I guarded his heart more than I guarded my own. But I knew this man was different and I was finally ready to take that next step and my son took to him immediately and since then my boyfriend has not only brought so much to my life but so much to my son's too. So if I can pass anything along to the single moms out there, be patient and kind to yourself, put those babies first and just trust in the process. You'll meet a few duds along the way, trust me I met my share, but you will eventually find your perfect match. I made a mess out of my 20s and 30s. Now I was dealing with a whole lot of death. My mom's from a long and vicious cancer and my dad's from a series of strokes that came and would change his life in degrees along the way until the end. My best friend and I were in trouble long before, but our big breakup came shortly after my mom died and just before my dad. During the whole thing, I was in the wrong marriage and I knew it and it was a shitty time to feel so alone. So I pulled a Forrest Gump and I ran to Chicago for a dream job and back and to Chicago and back. Turned out the dream job felt really hollow and I just craved being home. So then I found the right partner and we had a daughter and 18 years after my friendship breakup, I sat in my best friend's kitchen drinking coffee and talking and listening and laughing and sobbing my brains out because all that love we had for each other was still there, without any of the sharp edges we'd gotten hung up on before. Life had just smoothed them all out. And now she's got my back, no matter what, because we don't have another 18 years of drinking coffee, talking, laughing, and sobbing our brains out to waste on being alone. Now we are bulletproof, and I'm so grateful for that. It was a Friday night in May. I was a senior in high school and home alone. Around 10 o'clock, there was a knock on my door, and when I answered it, there were two girls standing there. One of the girls was Cindy, a girl I've been trying to get to notice me for the past three years. The other was Ursula, Hirsch for short. Hirsch was a friend of Cindy's who had been visiting from Australia. She and I had met earlier in the day when Cindy had brought her to school. As usual, I was holding court in Mr. Bully's trig class, and Hirsch thought I was funny. 
So much so, it was her idea to have me tag along that night. So here they were at my front door, wanting to know if I was down to TP a neighbor's house. They didn't have to ask me twice. After all, this was Cindy, and as far as I was concerned, I finally had my moment to shine. To be fair, a lot had conspired against me in getting to know Cindy. We didn't run in the same circles, didn't have many classes together. At one point, she even left school for a year to study abroad in Australia. But truth be told, the biggest issue was I was not exactly hit with the ladies. Remember, it's Friday night. I'm in high school, and up until this moment, I was alone. So we went out. We had fun, and we continued to hang out throughout Ursh's visit. Cindy and I became friends, and when Ursh went home, we still hung out. A few months later, we started dating. Fast forward 33 years, and here we are. Along with our three kids, we've built a wonderful life together. I still think about that Friday night in May a lot. It wasn't like the movies. No one had stars in their eyes. There were no fireworks. It's just some teen hijinks, some junk food, laughs, and the beginning of a friendship. I didn't know it at the time, but everything that's important to me now started that night. I'm not a big believer in fate. I tend to think of life more as a series of little decisions and happy coincidences, where some mean nothing and others mean absolutely everything. The beauty of it all is we often don't understand or realize their impact until we look back. I'm grateful that Ursh came to visit, and more importantly, that she convinced Cindy to come by my house. Without her intervention, who knows where we'd be. I might still be sitting on that couch waiting for somebody to knock on the door. This is a tip, actually. Good love from good people can make us less fearful because you know there's someone in your corner. Friends and family that make you feel safe, seen, and supported. A person who loves your quirks just as much, if not more, than the rest of the things they love about you. There should be zero judgment when it comes to love. This brings me to the state of this beautiful world we live in. For the last few weeks, I have been making these podcast episodes about love. They bring me joy, all of the episodes actually, hearing everyone's stories and being able to tell my own, this is my happy place. But I realized last week that here I am talking about things like being less fearful because of love when there are people who can't even walk outside their own homes without feeling scared. I don't want to stop making the podcast because I do believe that our stories connect us, but I want to learn and be better and I want to teach my children the same. I want to be an ally and I don't want to stand by blindly to other people's struggles. I want love to reign. I've added some links to the stories in my Instagram, at Jenny Besworth, and at This Is It Actually, for places you can research and donate. Okay, well, that was officially the final episode in the Love Actually trilogy, but honestly, I think I barely scratched the surface, so I suspect there will be much more love talk in the future. Thank you to Megan, Julie, Jeremy, Leona, Lisa, and Scott for sharing their wonderful stories about love. Scott and Cindy's friend Ursh died a few years ago from cancer, and when she was dying, she told Scott that she was worried that she hadn't made an impact in her life. Scott was shocked. He assured her that she had, and that his whole family life wouldn't have occurred if she didn't bring Cindy over to his place that day. When Scott told me that, it reminded me that every little move we make means something. Small ripples of love and action can build into giant waves. You are important, and you are loved. Thanks for listening. In my life, I've heard hilarious, heartwarming, heartbreaking, sad, and beautiful stories, and I want to hear more of them, and I want to talk about them. If you have an idea for an episode or know someone who would be a great guest, let me know. You can send your stories and ideas and just general good words to thisisitactually at gmail.com, and you can also see stuff and follow along on Instagram at thisisitactually and Twitter at thisisitactual, the title was too long for them. Message me cool stuff, but not dumb or rude stuff, because obviously, thanks for listening. Now go say something nice to someone. 